Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and, and relax and put aside anything that's going on in your day. Let's just be available to the Lord and to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And just even get in touch with what you're feeling, what you're thinking. What's going on? What's important to you today? And let's just relax. We want to be available to God. We want to be able to hear him and to know his voice. And yet we're also learning to grow up into him where we are developing solid judgment, good judgment, and learning to live and move and have our being in him. This is a process that is so individualized. And yet there's enough in common in our being, in our soul, in our physical being, that we can share encouragement, we can share ideas in parts of our process. But each one of us has our own path, has our own way. And we are learning to respond to what God is doing on that pathway. Again, we can encourage one another and and give guidance and direction and fellowship, but each one of us is on our own path. And that's great, because one of the things that does is it encourages us to depend on the Lord alone. God himself has set your path to accomplish his purpose in your life. Now, his purpose may not be the same as your purpose. Our understanding of his nature and how much he loves us is changing as we are healed, as our soul is brought into greater unity with our spirit. Our perception of him and our perception of our purpose will change. That might be something interesting to do, is look back at what you used to believe about God, about others, about yourself. Have you become a more forgiving person, a more accepting person, a bolder person? What have you, has changed for you in knowing God? Do you see any change? That's something you might want to ask him if you don't, or even if you do. Just ask him, Lord, in the last year, in the last five years, in the last six months, what have you changed in me that I might be missing? Now, that's one of those things that hopefully will encourage us to see, yes, he is changing us. Now, you can't change your soul. 
Only God can do that. We are, our purpose, our project is to learn to live according to our new nature. Now, your new nature is spirit. And your new nature has power and authority in the spirit realm and in and over the supernatural realm and in and over the natural realm. So one of the things you and I are learning to do is to exert that power and authority over the supernatural realm and over the natural realm. Again, to learn to live and move and have our being in the spirit, as spirit beings. Your spirit being connected with God's spirit. And just as a reminder, everything that is necessary for you to receive everything God has for you has already been accomplished by Christ, by God himself. So there's nothing you need to do in order to earn or be, you know, be valid, you know, be valuable to God. You, he's already checked off everything, all the requirements. You're already in. You're in the club. You're in the family. We are now working because we are in the family. We're learning to live like we're in the family, like we're sons of God. Now, that's contrary to what your soul wants. Your soul wants to maintain control. Your mind wants to control what you believe. Your will wants to control how you make decisions. And your emotions want to control how you feel about things. And God is saying, no, I'm going to make those decisions. I'm going to control how you feel. I'm going to... Every aspect of the soul is coming under the purview of your spirit. Again, which is one with God's spirit. So as we talk about the nature of our challenge as here on this earth, we are learning to separate what we believe from the truth that God shares with us. What God says is truth stands up to scrutiny. It's objective. It's verifiable. Not, by, not according to a book or what somebody has said or, again, what we believe or what makes us feel good. But what he says is truth. We can act on and see if it stands. What is from God will stand scrutiny, will stand the test of time, will stand the test of relationship, will stand everything. So we want to be engaged in what he is doing in our lives. We want to be embracing 
the plan he has for us. So when we're talking about activities of the spirit, we're talking about ways we can cooperate and engage in what God is already doing in our lives. So God the Father is always in your life. He's right next to you right now. God the Son is right next to you right now. God the Spirit is right next to you right now. And in you, of course. But sometimes it's, it's, we can believe he's in us, but to think that he's also around us and before us and behind us and above us and below us. He's in your tomorrow already. The Father, the Son, the Spirit are in your tomorrow making arrangements for your tomorrow. Now, we often get caught up in, in making the right choice. And, and we've gotten, gotten very caught up in the whole idea of that God has a perfect will. And then sometimes people think he's got a permissive will as well. God has control of everything. And not in the sense of he forces us to comply, but every, he uses everything in our life to achieve his goals. He sees your end from your beginning. He already knows where you're going to be five years from now, five minutes from now. And he's using absolutely every aspect of your life for his purpose, which is, again, to make you able to receive the love he wants to give you. It is to our benefit to be available, to learn to live as a spirit being, to be accepting unconditionally what he gives unconditionally. He is not out to make our lives harder. He's not out to make our lives easier either. He's already made your life. We are living our life here to become equipped, to become, to learn. We've already been accepted. We're, we're sons of God. We're in the kingdom. Now we need to learn to live like it. You're a son of God. How does that, what does that look like for you? It's going to look different for you than it does for me. At least from our point of view, from our perspective. We have no idea what comes next. We really don't, and we really have no idea what came before our time here on this earth. So let's deal with what we have today. Let's not get caught up in things we don't know. That's not for this time. Now, there's some things that God shares that, you know, he reveals something that for the first time, that maybe in previous times we thought was a brand new thing. And now we experience it and we go, you know, okay, that's, that's something that God is doing for the first time. Or for the first time in our generation. There's so many things 
that he has shared about his nature and that he's poured out revelation that didn't get passed from one generation to the next. That doesn't happen as much anymore, even though he can cover that up as much as he wants, but very often just because of the way we can communicate now. We don't have to start from the very beginning in each generation. We can learn from the previous generation because what that previous generation learned has been documented in one way or sense or another. So we can benefit from what previous generations have gone through. Again, with the result, with, with the goal being to learn to live and move and have our being as a spirit. So we've been talking about the Holy Spirit has power and authority and that you and I have power and authority. We need to learn to live with it. And why we've emphasized so often how important it is to hear his voice, to hear what he is saying and have confidence that we're hearing him clearly. Now, that often we often think that the the goal of that is so we are doing the right thing but part of our growing up into him in all things is that we learn how to make decisions for ourselves we we develop good judgment does god have good judgment Does he judge well? I'd say yes. So if God judges well, he wants us to judge well, to learn how to develop, to learn how to judge the way he does. So he's not creating a bunch of robots that we connect to him And he tells us, this is what I want you to do in this situation. Now, there are absolutely times when he does. When we ask him, Lord, what do you know, for instance, which job should I take? And he'll say, yes, take this one. There's absolutely times when he does that. But there's a lot of times when the process is more important than making the right decision doing the research, developing criteria, speaking with our family. We want to take advantage of every situation where we're supposed to be making a decision and making sure we're we're looking at every option, every aspect, making the most out of the opportunity. So, we don't want to look at the Holy Spirit and, and the, the activities of the Holy Spirit as a substitute in any way, shape, or form for learning to live as a spirit that has a soul that lives in a body. We don't, we're not trying to become spiritual. We are already there. You're never going to become more spirit than you already are. It's your soul that needs to change. And we want to take advantage of every opportunity for our soul to be conformed, God doing it. But we see that today is your classroom. Tomorrow is a classroom. And we're learning things. 
So as we approach the activity of the Holy Spirit, we understand his purpose, which is the same as the Son and the Father, is to bring us into oneness, spirit, soul, and body, as he is one, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know by experience that the Father loves us. And we know by experience that the Son loves us. We also know by experience that the Holy Spirit loves us. Now, if you've got any question about that, that's something you can ask the Lord about. Because it's important that you have that understanding and that confidence that God loves you, the Father loves you, the Son loves you, the Spirit loves you. They're not, no part of God is trying to trick you or make the test so hard you fail. We learn so much more when we make a mistake than if we do things right, right off the bat. So there will always be an opportunity to make a mistake. And, and one of the things we need to learn how to do is, after we make a mistake, how to deal with it, how to apologize, how to rectify our mistake, how to ask forgiveness and how to give it, how to handle making a mistake. If we could get over the fear of making a mistake and and knowing how to deal with it after the fact will go a long way to do that. How to go to God to get healed. When you're not afraid of being hurt because you know how to go to God to get healed, you're going to be more willing to try new things. And you're going to be more available to what God has for you in your life. God's love is so big that he spends every minute of every hour, of every day, of every week, of every year, doing nothing but arranging every single circumstance in your life to bring you into greater healing, wholeness, and dependence on the Father and intimacy with his Son. He is focused on you. Everything he does is focused on you. That's how big he is. That's true for everyone. That's true for believers and non-believers. Every aspect of this world, this earth, this universe. God has no limit. He created everything. So he has control over everything. Now the Holy Spirit himself, just as the Father, just as the Son, he reveals himself to each one of us as an individual, as he chooses. Again, we're each on our own path. Now, the two most common ways we speak of his manifestation are baptism with the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. Now, those are terms that the church has argued about from the very beginning. And we're not going to get involved in those arguments because we want to let the Spirit speak to us about his interpretation of those phrases, 
of what baptism means and what gifts mean. And what he tells you about those two, that's between you and him. If what he is teaching you, if what he's instructing you, if what he is saying is bringing you into greater dependence on God, greater confidence in his love for you, that's what's most important. Not does it line up in your church doctrine or in your interpretation of what the scriptures say or the song that you love or the feeling you get when this happens, when you're experiencing this activity or or whatever. We want to be available to God and his spirit to teach us what we need to know. This is where revelation can come. All of a sudden we get an insight because we're not saying, well, this is the only thing that this means. Baptism only means this. Or the gifts of the Spirit are only this. So though the scriptures shed some light on each of these, it is up to each of us to be taught by the Lord through experience. Now these are all relational aspects. Relational, you and uh, you and God how you relate to the Spirit. Remember, the Spirit is God. Okay, let me repeat that. The Holy Spirit is God. So when we're talking about the gifts of the Spirit, we're talking about the gifts of God and how we relate to the gifts, how we relate to the baptism. It's about our relationship with Him. So, our approach to what God wants to give us reflects our availability to receiving and our dependence on the Lord, not on our knowledge, our level of sanctification, our anointing, our calling, or some impartation that someone else has been involved in. But relating to the Holy Spirit is relating to God And as we start talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, we're talking about the baptism of God and the gifts of God. God loves us. The Holy Spirit loves us. They both, they have a common goal for us. The Son doesn't have one goal and the Spirit have another and the Father have another. They all as one, love us and are pursuing what is best for us. When we talk about either the baptism or the gifts, one of the things that happens is we think in terms of our own understanding. Very often, one of the reasons that baptism and the gifts, have divided the church is because they are activities. They are actions. There are objective realities. When, When I say God loves you, that's hard to objectively evaluate. 
You may say, yeah, yeah, I know that. But baptism, there is an effect. There is a change. There is something happens. Likewise with the gifts. When, when we're actively working with the gifts, there is a result. So this is the where very often the supernatural aspect of our reality gets confused with the spiritual aspect of our reality. Because even non-believers are involved in the supernatural realm that can get... So there's a wide spectrum regarding the baptism and the gifts from I don't want to have anything to do with it to that's all I want to have something to do with because I can see a result or I can express power or I can get attention because there's an objective aspect. Other people can recognize this effect, this change, this power and authority being exercised. Again, versus... I don't want to have anything to do with it because I don't understand it because the supernat- the non-believer can participate in this as well. Well, we want to find for each one of us any answers to our questions. Any answers to your questions. Write down your questions. Ask the Lord. Now, continue to move forward. Don't wait until you have an answer. But trust that part of your process will give you the answer. Now, there's going to be questions that you have that he will not answer. He will not an- He may not answer in this time. He may not answer, you know, while you're here on this earth. Because guess what? He is not able- obligated in any way, shape, or form to answer your questions. He's God. But that question may put you in a position to make yourself available to knowing him better. We, have a, we do have a tendency to rely on our own strengths in our soul to understand and to know God. His purpose, though, is for us to, to know him and not just understand, not just experience, but to be one with him spirit, soul, and body. So we approach the whole process of knowing the Holy Spirit in the same way as we approach knowing the Son and knowing the Father, that it's going to be a relational aspect and that there's going to be areas where we don't understand but that we will trust God to bring us the information we need, to guide us, to lead us. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to develop good judgment. Is this a good idea to try this? Should I be involved in this situation right now? Um, Will this, you know, hurt other people? Am I making myself too vulnerable? There's a lot of different objective ways that we are to approach the learning process in general. And this is all it is. 
because however you do, whether you think, oh, I'm doing really good in this area or I'm really failing in this area, neither one of those has an impact on God's opinion of you, on the Father's opinion of you, of the Son's opinion of you, of the Spirit's opinion of you. You're not going to disappoint God. He loves you unconditionally. He values you unconditionally. He accepts you as his son unconditionally. You're in the family. Done. Now we're working out, okay, now what does that mean? So we're learning how the father works, how the son works, and how the spirit works. And you have all the power and authority that the Spirit has. And we are learning how to grow up into all things, living and moving and having our being and living in the kingdom. So take some time. And and double check, see if there's any questions that you have for the Lord. Write them down. Don't necessarily, you know, wait for an answer, but this may give you clarity on any area where you're not sure that this is something that you want to pursue. Again, we're talking about the baptism of the Spirit and activities of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So we will be getting back together again the same time next week. If you've got any questions, drop me a line at diane@therainersclub.org or through Blog Talk Radio. Until we meet again, thanks for tuning in. This has been Diane Thomas of Rainers Radio. Have a great night. <laughs>